This is a special edition of Bayou Business Download, a podcast from the Greater Houston Partnership. We are recording this on Thursday, March 19th, during an unprecedented time for Houston, the United States, and the rest of the world. I'm your host, AJ Mistretta. The novel coronavirus COVID-19 has wreaked havoc on all sectors of our lives, from how we work to how we interact with one another. Today, the Partnership Senior Vice President of Research, Patrick Jankowski, will give us a look at where our economy stands today and what may face us in an uncertain future. Patrick, thanks for being here today. Uh, Thanks for having me on again, AJ. Patrick, let's just start with big picture. What are you seeing? Well, AJ, you use the word yourself, and that's probably the best way to describe this. This is unprecedented in Houston's history. And we've gone through downturns before, but never in Houston's history have we had the global economy aligned against us, the U.S. economy aligned against us, and such a horrible downturn in the energy industry. Any one of those would be a challenge, but now we're dealing with all three of them. While this may be bad, or this will be bad, obviously it will be bad for every every city, every county, every metro in the U.S., it's going to be especially worse for Houston because what's going on right now is this, this devastation in the oil and gas industry, these very low oil prices. Uh, they are going to really make whatever happens as a result of the virus worse for Houston. Houston is really going to struggle because of these three factors aligned against us. Now, a week ago, when I was reading through things for my fellow economists and I was watching their videos and their podcasts and looking at their tweets, there was this feeling that we can handle this. Uh, All we need is for the interest rates to be lowered and we need to see some really strong fiscal stimulus packages come out of Washington. And we're seeing that take place and the economy is still getting worse. And the thinking among the economics community is that uh, we don't know. That, but we definitely know one thing, and that is we are in a recession. We don't need to wait for the, all the data to come out. You can simply look at what's happening with the hospitality industry. You can, you can look at what's happening with retail. You can look at what's happening with, with uh, people who are being laid off and know that the U.S. is in a recession now. Beyond the coronavirus, but also linked to it, is the precipitous drop in oil prices. Uh, Explain what's happening there. We we have uh, about 237,000 people that work directly in the oil and gas industry here in Houston. When I say oil and gas, I'm saying the the exploration production guys, uh, the oil field service people, the people who are manufacturing oil field equipment and and, and pipes and valves and flanges and engineering. And the, the fracking bus, the thing that we just went through that lasted from the end of 2014 to the middle of 2017, we lost 94,000 jobs. Uh, we lost those 94,000 jobs. We hadn't even recouped a third of them at this point. We only recouped about 30,000. I can see with what's going on with the oil and gas industry, us giving back that 30,000 and then some. It's not going to happen immediately. It's going to happen over the next 12 to 18 months. But you're already seeing a dramatic pullback on on CapEx budgets, on what the energy industry is spending on exploration. And they've already scaled it back by almost 30% of what they were going to be doing last year. If oil prices stay as low as they are, I expect to see some additional pullbacks in exploration uh, and some additional pullbacks on the rig count and some additional layoffs in the industry. What has been the effect so far on the local economy? I've talked a lot about GDP already. We're not going to have GDP numbers for Houston for over a year, so that's not going to be a really good indicator of the impact on the economy. Uh, what we really will be looking at very closely is the impact on employment. And the jobs that are going to be affected employment the most 
are, are going to be those, obviously, the, the ones that involve social interaction, the ones where you have to yeah. meet face-to-face -face with the customer, where you may have to touch the customer. Uh, if you look at it, I, I went to the, the data from the Texas Workforce Commission last night and tried to look at what would be the sort of industries that might be impacted by social distancing. You know, there's bars and restaurants and hotels and the, the arts and entertainment industry, airlines, you know, retail trade, even barber and shops, beauty salons, nail parlors. So if you think of those are the sort of things which require face-to-face -face interaction. I added up all those numbers. That's 750,000 people in Houston that has some sort of job that requires them to interact face-to-face -face with them. Now, let me say this. I'm not saying that we're at risk of losing 750,000 jobs, but I'm saying that that's people who would be potentially impacted by this. We also need to consider the construction field as well. Construction is not something that can be done at home. And if we start seeing construction workers coming down with the COVID-19, we'll probably see a slowdown in construction as well. How long do you think this current situation might last? Uh, I wish I had a crystal ball. It would make my life a lot easier. Be honest, no one knows. Uh, the thinking on the coronavirus and its impact on the U.S. economy has changed so much just in the last few days. Yeah. Economists, we, we have our models, or what we like to do is often go back and look and see how did the economy perform the last time we were faced with something like this? Well, we haven't been faced with the coronavirus and a global recession and a U.S. recession and a downturn in the oil and gas industry, but we can look at how it's affected the U.S. Uh, there have been actually 11 recessions since 1945. Uh, the average recession since 1945 has only lasted about 11 months, but once again, that's an average. And the longest recession has been 18 months. We've had recessions as short as six months. So we're looking at this, it would hopefully it'd fall somewhere between that, between six and, and 18 months, but we really don't know because we don't know how much of an impact the coronavirus is going to have on everything. Now, once again, we're talking about averages, uh, and this is not an average downturn. Uh, if we looked at a downturn, it was caused by an oil price shock or financial stress or, or some sort of government fiscal austerity. I could model that for you. I can't model the coronavirus and tell you how long that's going to affect people's behavior. If you look at the Great Recession, the one that's probably freshest in everyone's mind, we lost 8.7 million jobs in the U.S. We lost them over 51 months, and it took about 51 months to recapture all those jobs that we lost. So let's talk about the 9-11 the recession, the one that in Houston we associate with Enron. Back then, the U.S. lost only 2.6 million jobs, but it took 47 months to recapture those 2.6 million jobs. Uh, economists often refer to that as, as a jobless recovery. Uh, I hope that's not what we have here. So we're, we're looking at anywhere from 18 months to 48 months to see us finally recover. Now, GDP will recover, activity will recover, but to get all the jobs back will probably take a couple years. I, one of the things I've been doing is I've been looking at what other economists are saying about the economy because I like to get uh, as broad a swath of opinions as possible. In Wells Fargo, uh, they're thinking that industrial production will be down 1.6% uh, in this quarter, 5.3% next quarter, 3.2%. And industrial production, think of that, that's construction, that's mining, that's manufacturing, that's utilities. And so we're looking at at least three consecutive quarters of, of declining there. And they're thinking that consumer spending is going to be flat at least until the middle of the year. Uh, there's a company out there that's known as IHS Market. Uh, they say the U.S. will definitely be in a recession in the second quarter. And they think from our peak to our trough, from where we were to we hit bottom, we're going to lose 5.2% of GDP. Now, once again, we're talking about GDP. GDP, those sort of things will recover fairly quickly, we hope. It's the jobs which is going to take so long for us to recover. Patrick, what makes this different from the last time we faced a recession? 
One thing, AJ, is I, I get people trying to say uh, this is like a hurricane or this is like 911. Uh, it, well, it's not like 9-11 uh, because you know, we were all in that together. This, it was a national event. It was something which shocked all of us. But, but back then, we could all come together to pray or, or we could assemble as an act of defiance at a baseball game or a football game and sing the national anthem. Uh, we could carry on our lives as usual to show that we're not going to allow the terrorists to, to change the way we live. We can't do those things right now. We're not able to get the comfort that we would get from being around others who have gone through the same experience and sharing that. So that's going to be a little bit of a, a, a psychological and emotional challenge. There's those out there that, that kind of jokingly said that uh, stocking up for the COVID virus is kind of like stocking up for a hurricane. Well, the, the analogy stops there. because With a hurricane, we can see the hurricane approaching. We know when it's going to make landfall. We know the strength of the hurricane. We have some idea how long it's going to linger over Houston. We don't know any of those with the coronavirus. We know that it's here, but we don't know how long it's going to be here. We know it's here, but we don't know how deep or how strong or how big it's going to impact the community. And then we don't know when it's going to leave. I want to put something in perspective for you. These people who are, who, who are in retail or are in restaurants who, who cannot work, you know, they're not collecting a paycheck. Yes, we have a program, we have a stimulus package that we're trying to come across and that will help them. Uh, we've talked about sending everybody a check for 1000 or a check for 2000 or two, two $1,000 checks. The average household income in Houston, so this is a household, actually it's a family household, it's a, it's a, a household of people who live together who are somehow related by marriage or blood, right. is about $75,000. And if you think about that, if we give them $1,000, out of some sort of stimulus package, we're not even making up a week's worth of wages. We give them 2,000, we're not even making up two weeks worth of wages. So we're gonna need to be very mindful of this. Uh, I can see there being longer lines at food pantries. I can see people going late on their rent. Uh, I was on a call with Angela Blanchard earlier today and there's this concern about increase in, in domestic violence as, as people get stressed out. On the other hand, I have been talking to some businessmen and, and they said that they're talking about being more liberal in some of their policies on late payments, taking on a case-by-case -case basis. Kind of like what, what happened, this is one parallel to Harvey. If you think about it, uh, the apartment occupants went way up, but by and large, the industry did not dramatically raise rents just because people had gone up there. They were mindful that these people had lost everything. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of things like that in Houston where there are people who are willing to, to cut some slack. I know I've got a favorite sandwich place in mm -hmm. my neighborhood, and I'm going to go by at least once a week to the drive-thru and pick up something and take it home to eat because I want to make sure when all this is over with, that sandwich shop is still there and I can still go there on Saturdays with my novel and sit and read and enjoy a nice sandwich. Yeah, we all have to be able to support local business as much as we possibly can at this time. Oh, gosh, yes. We, we definitely need to, to support, support them as much as possible. A couple things to think about is, yes, this thing will end. You know, every recession we've ever had has ended. Uh, and we've recovered from every recession we've ever had. Some of them we've recovered fairly quickly, some of them we've recovered fairly slowly. You know, in the initial stages, we're going to be just a little bit shell-shocked. Uh, those who held on to their jobs, though, might still be a little bit leery of, of opening up their wallets because they don't know what's going to happen. Those who have been watching their portfolios, their 401ks, and even if it's not a 401k, just what they have in the market. There's a concept out there in, in the economics field called the wealth effect. And as people's perception of their wealth changes over time, it changes their spending habits. 
If you see your 401k going up, you might be a little bit more relaxed in your spending or your portfolio. If you see it going down, so we may see an effect on spending where even though the economy's recovered, people are going to be kind of reluctant to spend because they have this perception that their wealth is down significantly from, from where they were. And consumer spending obviously is an important factor in supporting the local economy, right? If you look at the data from the Bureau of Economic Analysis, uh, there's a concept, consumer spending, it, actually it's called con- consumer consumption, which goes beyond just retail. It goes what they might be spending at doctor's office or what they might be spending on rent and so forth. That actually accounts for about two-thirds of all economic activity in the U.S. I, I don't see that being any different than Houston. It probably accounts for two-thirds as well. We are seeing effects on people's behavior, on how things are different. Uh, I, my friend who runs that sandwich shop, he told me that after the mayor and the county judge asked the restaurant to sit down, he told me he had to let go three of his staff. He only employs six, so he's cut by half. Uh, I've heard uh, from the brokerage community that they were close to signing some office leases, and those have been put on hold until then. Uh, I have a neighbor that thought they had a really good deal on a brand new Subaru. Mm. And they decided, well, that's a really good deal, but maybe we should just drive our old car for another six months to see how things play out. So, you know, this is, there's this concern out there that we don't know how bad it will get or how long it will last, but it will come to an end. We just don't know when. AJ, when we first started this conversation, uh, you used the word unprecedented, and that, that really is a good word to use. And, and I've used the word unprecedented as well. I'd like to introduce another word into the conversation yeah. that's resilient. Houston's always been a resilient community. Uh, things look really bad, and I've gone through enough of these. This is my sixth downturn. I know even when they look bad, there is some glimmer of hope, some light down there. I don't know when we're going to come out of this, but I know we will come out of it. And, and Houston, when it does, will look a lot different. It's a lot to think about, Patrick. Thank you for agreeing to do this today. AJ, I'm glad to do it. Anything we can do to help our members and help the business community have a better understanding of some of the challenges they're facing And that's it for this episode of the Bayou Business Download. The partnership has created a resource page on our website, houston.org, with information from public health officials, ways to protect your workplace and employees, as well as the latest headlines and much more. We are updating that page daily. Thanks for listening, and please remember that social distancing does save lives. Thanks again.